Welcome to the Crestview Message Podcast. At Crestview, we're about helping people experience life change through Jesus Christ. Now here's today's message. We're glad you guys are here today. I want to, before I get into the message, I want to point your attention to something at the very end of your message notes. You're going to see there um, a listing of a reading plan. We've been doing these for several weeks now, and I've already started this one. It is a five-day plan, and it talks about their surrender control. And so this is a great reading plan to go through the Bible this week about this topic that we're going to talk about, about chasing control and how we chase control and what God's plan is about that. All right, so I encourage you about that. I want to point your attention to that. It was a situation that was kind of unusual it was that they were all going to lose their job. They decided to walk away from the business, which is kind of strange because it was a family business. I mean, they had put themselves into this business. I mean, they owned it. They ran it. It was their family business. They had built it up. But then they were going to walk away from it. And the point that they did walk away from it is something we're going to look at today from the Bible. They encounter Jesus, and they make this choice. It's a pretty big choice. It's a pretty big decision that they make to walk away. And that story is recorded for us in Luke chapter 5. So I want to encourage you there on your flat screen Bible or your paper Bible to turn to Luke chapter 5. And we're going to be there in just a moment. And we're going to look at this event that takes place. Well, today we are in this series, as been mentioned already, about chasing curious. These are basically things that we can chase in our lives. And today we're going to talk about chasing control. This is something you can chase instead of chasing God. You can chase control in your life. And so I thought it would be helpful for all of us if we would start off by looking at a couple questions that will let you know kind of where you are about this topic in your life. All right, so here's the first question. Do you often say, if I want things done right, I've got to do it myself? If you have ever said that, if you, if you kind of in your life think that a lot, you very likely have an issue about control and you chase it in your life. Now, the reality is, yeah, it might be true. You might could do it, whatever it is, better than that one person you're talking about, but believe me, there's somebody who can do it better than you. And if you say that all the time to your friends, in your relationships, at work, let me tell you, you are probably chasing control. Here's a second question. Are you a big worrier? Because here's the cycle of chasing control. We go, I want control. And then we realize, oh, I'm, that's not in my control, or not as much as I want it to be, and so then we worry about it. You know what worry is? Worry is you trying to keep control. It's like we think that it's like the hamster and the wheel. We think if we put a lot of effort into it of worrying, then somehow that helps us control it, but it doesn't. And then as you worry, you go, that doesn't work, and so we try to get control, and then we realize we're not in control, and then we worry some more. And it's just a cycle that keeps going. If you're a big worrier, you may have an issue about chasing control. So what we're going to look at today is this. So what's God's plan about this? What's God's plan about chasing control? What does the Bible say about this? And here's the big idea for the message today. Here it is. 
All of us are in a battle. And here's the battle. It's a battle between chasing control and surrender. And that's what we're going to look at today. Here's what the Bible's going to say, basically. And here's the, the, the first thought we're going to look at from the Bible. And it is this, that surrendering control to God is a great plan. It is a great plan. And we're going to look at why it's a great plan. All right? So several things under that. And here's the first one we're going to look at. It is this, that surrender begins when we realize who we are and who God is. Okay? If you're going to surrender, you've got to kind of get that perspective into place. So let's go to Luke chapter 5. We're going to look and begin with the first several verses there. We're mainly going to be in Luke 5. We'll look at some other verses at the end of the message, but we're going to be here for a while. And so let's look at the first couple verses there in Luke chapter 5 and look at what happens. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him, Jesus, to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gethsemane. Now, that is what we call the Sea of Galilee. And he saw two boats by the lake. But the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon, this is Simon Peter, he asked him to put out a little from the land. Now, let me give you a little bit of the backstory here. We find out from parallel passages, some other verses that we're not looking at today but are related, that these professional fishermen had gone out and fished all night. Now, what do you ask somebody who fishes? You say, what'd you catch? Well, they caught zero. They didn't catch anything all night. They come in. They're at the end of their workday. They're tired. They need some rest. And it just so happens that where they dock the boats is where Jesus is teaching and so Jesus is teaching. Now, we also find out that they had kind of already encountered Jesus. They had heard him. They've seen him do miracles. They've heard stuff about him. So they're, you know, they're not first introduction to Jesus. But here's Jesus teaching. Now, they had heard stuff about him, but it's going to get real personal because here's what happens. Jesus is going to say, hey, can I use your boat? Now, the reason Jesus wants to use their boat is because it's kind of what happens to us if you've You've ever been at a lake? I remember one time I was at a lake. I was at Lake LBJ, and it was nighttime, and I heard these voices. I thought, man, there's somebody right around here who's talking. And it turned out they were across the lake. Now, it wasn't very far across the lake, but I could hear what they were saying across the lake because, you know, water kind of carries sound real well. And so that's what Jesus is doing. The crowd is so big. I'm going to get in the boat. People can hear me better. And I, Peter, I'm going to see if I can use your boat. Now, here's the point that we got to realize that's going on with Peter in this situation. It's what happens to us when it comes to surrender also. Peter is at the point where he has come to the end of him. He has come up empty. He has, come, he has fished all my life. He has done all this thing, the things he knows what to do, and he has come up empty, okay? That's real important. And sometimes God is at work in our lives when we come up empty. We go, okay, I, I don't know where to turn. I, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to deal with this. When we come up empty, many times God is at work in our lives. And that's kind of what's going on here. Surrender kind of gets started when we realize who we are. Realize when we come up empty and when we have a whole true perspective of who God is. 
Now here's a second kind of uh, real important principle from Scripture about surrender. It is this. Surrender is defined by who we surrender to. Who we surrender to. So let's look at what happens as this continues on in Luke chapter 5, and then we're going to look at verses 4 and 5. Here's what it says. When he, Jesus, had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Simon Peter, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. Simon Peter's going, Jesus, come on, man. We, we've, we've already done that. We, we know best. And, okay, we didn't work. It didn't work. But here's the key words. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. But because you say so. Now, that's the key phrase here. Because the key phrase is all about the process of us saying, are we going to do it because God says so or not? And we make a choice. God says so. I don't think so. I'm not going with that. I don't agree with that. I know best. We all come to the point in several areas of our life and for our life, whether or not we think God knows best or not. But the key words here is because you say so. See, here's the deal. It's one thing to come to church and we give to God when we worship and we hear from God's word, we receive and we learn and we get God's direction in church. That's great. That's one thing. It's a whole other thing if you take Jesus to your workplace where you know it pretty well. In fact, you go, I got this one. And you go, but Jesus, whatever you want, even at where I work, I want to give that to you. And say, Jesus, you have your way in whatever you want to do, even in stuff that I know a lot about. See, it could have been this Peter conversation. We have a little bit of it. Where Peter's going, okay, Jesus, let's talk. Jesus, you know, you're that preacher-teacher thing, and you got that all down. That's really good, and you're really good at it. But I am a professional fisherman, and so, therefore, I know best here. You're out of your realm. You're in my world now, and I know what's best. I wonder if they had that conversation. I also wonder if Jesus would have ever replied this way. Well, Peter, yeah, I understand you're a professional fisherman, but how'd that fishing go last night? How many fish did you catch? I didn't hear you. Did you say zero? Zero. So maybe there's something to this. And all of a sudden we have this whole process of Peter's going, okay, I don't get it. I don't understand, but because you say so, I'm going to do this. Surrender is defined about who we surrender to. Here's the next, here's the next principle. And it's the, a key thing about surrender. What's the hardest thing? The hardest thing about surrendering is no longer being in charge. Isn't that the hard part? I mean, we chase control because we want to be in charge. I, I want to be. You know who would be best to be in charge? Me. I, I would do great if, I, if you just let me be in charge, I can make it all be perfect. In fact, I just want everybody to kind of let me be in charge. If everybody would just let me be in charge, things would just go so much better. That's the hardest thing about that. So let's look at what happens in verses 6 through 11 in Luke 5. 
And this time their nets were so full of fish they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus, and this is what he said. Notice what he says. O Lord, please leave. I am such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught. As were the others with him, his partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And then the last verse, in verse 11, it says, And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. Now I want to point you out, I want to point out to you this, this word that Jesus says, this phrase that Jesus says, because they cast their nets, and I wonder how he did that. Did Peter kind of do it like he always did it, cast out the nets? Or was he kind of like, I don't get this, I'm going to cast them out, but I don't really want to. Or did he go, man, I can't wait to see what's going to happen, I'm going to cast them in nets. I wish we knew how he cast his nets, but he cast his nets one way or the other here. And then they catch all these fish. Peter's just overwhelmed. He falls on his knees and says, basically, Jesus, you need to get away from me because I am a broken, sinful person. You should not be around somebody like me. It's kind of interesting what Jesus' response is because he doesn't disagree or agree with Peter. He doesn't say, oh, man, you're really right about that. Or he doesn't go, no, you're really wrong about that. He doesn't say either one. He says the most important thing, something that we need to hear today too. Because what happened to Peter in that day is what needs to happen to you and me today. And it is this. We need to hear Jesus say to us, don't be afraid. What, what is the reason we want to chase control? We're scared of what might happen. What's the scariest thing about giving up control? It's scary. The scariest thing is that it is scary to give up control. That's why Jesus says right here, he says, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. What Peter's saying here is kind of like this. I'm the last person that you'd ever expect to be in church. I mean, if the people on my row, I mean, you can look down your row today and see if this applies to anybody in your row, because it might. I mean, if the people in my row knew who I was and what kind of person I am, they would chase me out of here. Because I'm, I'm just not worthy at all. But Jesus very clearly says, hey, no, no, no. I'm here. I've come for people like you, Peter. And here's what I want to say to you, Peter. Don't be afraid. Let me tell you, if you surrender, you're going to be afraid. You will be afraid. So what are you going to do? Are you going to surrender, not surrender? It depends. Jesus says, don't be afraid. And see, We've got to make that same call in our own lives. Now, see, this series we're in is the endless pursuit of something. And you and I are in this battle, and here's the battle. It's the battle of I'm going to chase control, and we're going to buy into the mirage, the illusion, the myth that we can control stuff, when really we can't. But we like to think we can. And we're either going to surrender or we're going to chase control. Peter has a choice. He could run from this situation. He could run from Jesus. 
or he can go all in. And what he does is he goes all in at this situation. All right, so that's the worst thing, is no longer being in charge. What's the best thing about surrendering? The best thing about surrendering is no longer being in charge. Do you understand? It's, it's the hardest thing, and it's also the best thing. It really is the best thing to no longer be in charge. It is a great thing, actually. When I was growing up, as a young boy, I knew that surrender, I had an idea of surrender that was pretty negative. I mean, I watched the war movies, and, you know, if they raised the white flag at the end of the movie, well, they were done. Nobody wanted to surrender. And I remember my, my brother, my younger brother. I mean, we would wrestle, and I would, by the way, totally dominate him, totally dominate him. I have such a great older brother. I would hold him down until he did what? Surrendered. He had to say words that meant, I give in, you're the winner. I love to do that. That's, that's a favorite. Now my brother's three inches taller than me. He's a pastor, and, um, you know, he's still mad at me. But I wanted him to surrender. Surrender was not a good thing to take place. You see, we all have to decide about surrender. You know, we can be negative about it. I don't want to tap out. I don't want to surrender to a person. I've done that before, and it, it was terrible. I was betrayed. I was hurt. I don't know if I want to surrender to Jesus. You see, years ago, on a June day, I wore a tuxedo. I wore a tuxedo with a bunch of other people. I stood in front of a church in Gordon, Texas, at my wedding. And at that wedding, there were several things going on. But at that wedding, I remember it was all about the vows. The vows were all about surrender. And I said words that day about faithfulness and commitment and those kinds of things, which meant I said yes to some things and I said no to some things. Athelin also said those same words of commitment, which were some yes to some things and some things that she was saying no to also. It was all about this surrender and commitment. And we were married. Let me tell you, that first year was rough. Here's why it was rough. Uh, we, the pastor who did that ceremony, had given us this kind of inventory, this test. And he said, here's what I find out on this test as I've kind of given this to you guys is this. You both say you want to be in charge. He said, you'll be working this out for the rest of your marriage. I remember those words. And let me just say, that has been so true. Athlan is actually in this service, so I've got to be careful how I tell this. Uh, the other services, I've had a lot more freedom. Um, but... It was a tough first year because we were trying to figure out who's going to be in charge. And it was kind of like, well, I can be in charge. I want to be in charge. And, you know, it was really a, t a tough first year because of that. But, you know, uh, what a great, great blessing of that relationship that I got to marry out to Lynn. And here's the thing. 
It's all because who I surrendered to. You see, everybody's going to surrender. Everybody's going to surrender something. You are going to surrender to something. Some people surrender to an addiction. Some people surrender to another person. They try to find people who are going to take care of everything in their life. Some people, and I don't know if you've ever thought about this, sometimes we surrender to ourselves. I'm going to be God. I know what's best. I like things to go the way I want them to go, so I surrender to me. I will play God. But you're going to surrender. I'm going to surrender. It's all about who we surrender to in our lives, and that's what makes all the difference. You see, so we have to choose who we're going to surrender to. You can surrender to God or something else, but you're going to surrender something in some way. And Jesus says this interesting thing to Peter. He says, okay, now you have surrendered. You're going to follow me. He leaves everything, leaves the business, the family business, and follows Jesus. I mean, it's pretty scary. You think about it. And basically what's happened there is Jesus says, I, from now on, you know what you're going to be, Peter? You're going to be a fisher of people. In other words, you're going to have an impact on people. You're going to have a whole new focus because you're following me. I've got a whole new thing for your life. It's not all going to be about you. It's going to be about people. Why did Jesus choose to say you're going to be a fisher of people? Let me give you a clue. It's because Peter was a professional. It starts with fish and ends in isherman. He was a professional fisherman, so you're going to be a fisher of people. If you're a teacher, you're going to be a teacher for people. You're going to be an accountant for people. You're going to be on the rig for people. You're going to have that whatever you are for people. It's that God changes things in our lives because we surrender or we don't surrender. The biggest problems in my life come from me not surrendering, honestly. It's when I try to do things my way. I'm going to tell you, it does not turn out well. It does not turn out well at all. Because here's the bottom line. It's such an illusion. I cannot control my children. I want to. I have their, I can, I can tell them, I've got a list right now that I need to tell them. I can't control them, though. I don't need to tell them. I, I want to control my world. I want to control my future. I want to control my job. I want to control, I want to control all you guys. I started to think, what is it that I want to control? As a pastor, I would love to control you guys. You do this, do this, do this, you know. I can't do that. We have to decide whether or not we're going to say to God, God, it's yours or it's mine. And see, when you go to sleep at night, you're either going to say, God, I'm going to hold on to that. I'm sure going to worry about that. I'm sure going to try to control that. Or we're going to go, God, it's yours. It's yours because we can't control it in any way. We have to make that choice. We have to make that decision. And so he will then give us what we need when we need it. You see, it, it, it all comes back to that. It is a great idea to surrender to God. Here's the second big principle. The second big principle about surrender is this. Surrender means deciding to admit we are powerless over our problems. Let me tell you, you have to come to the end of you. You have to. 
Now, there's basically a three-step process. I mean, I've kind of lined it up to just real simple because I think there's three steps to this process of surrendering. So let me give you all three, and then we're going to talk about each one real briefly. The first step is to say, I can't. Second step is, God can't. God can. Third step is, I will surrender. I will surrender. So let's talk about those three. First of all, I can't. Here are some words that Paul wrote in the Bible from Romans 7, 15, and here's what Paul wrote. For I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. You ever thought that? There's some stuff I want to do, I don't do those. There's some things I don't want to do, and I do them. I see something, I go, I don't need to eat that, I eat it. Don't look at that, I look at it. Don't say those words, I say it. Don't be critical, I'm critical. Don't do this, don't have ego, I have ego. Don't say the words, you are just like your mother. It's not going to turn out well. It's not going to go well. You see, there are things that we say we shouldn't do, do, say or do, and we do this all the time. We have this battle within us and we keep going you know we got to realize I want all this but I can't I can't actually do that I want to actually do that but I can't actually do that at all there's an old movie that came out actually did a remake of it there's a real old movie and then an older movie called the Stepford Wives now let me tell you about the Stepford Wives in this movie all these wives in this community Loved, 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 just baking all day, cleaning house all day, doing laundry all day, making sure that their family and their husbands were happy. That was their only desire. They never griped. They never complained. They never asked for anything. It was, I can't believe whoever, amen, you're in trouble. I'm just saying. It was, they were robots. It was a horror movie. It really wasn't a horror movie. It was a horror movie. You may not know, though, there was a second movie. It was called The Stepford Husbands. In the movie The Stepford Husbands, all the husbands love to do laundry, bake all day, clean floors all day, and they just love to talk, 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 talk all the time and share their feelings. I think that was a horror movie, too. I think out to Lynn's opinion might be that was a realistic romantic comedy, but I, I don't know. I haven't asked her. But there was a third movie. The third movie was The Stepford Children. The Stepford Children, all these kids, were just loved to do homework, loved to clean their room, were always responsible, always obedient, and had internships in third grade. This was the Stepford children. Again, they were robots, and it was a horror movie. Now, here's the thing. We all kind of want a Stepford world for us. If people would just do like I want them to do, it would be so great. But they keep not doing that. I want a Stepford life. I want a Stepford spouse. I want Stepford kids. I want a Stepford job. I want a Stepford church. I want a Stepford future. 
But you realize how strange that is? But if we chase control, that's kind of what we want. Here's the crazy thing about it. It would never work anyway. Just to say you could do it, my Stepford world would collide with your Stepford world. And you couldn't have yours and I have mine because that would never work. But we kind of like go, okay, that would be great. It wouldn't be that great. It really wouldn't be that great. And so it's all about control and what we chase and what we go for in our life. And God goes, I don't want that. I don't want that. I don't want that. I don't want you to be robots. God goes, with all your messiness and all your struggles and all that, God goes, I know all that. And here's what I want. I want your creative, intelligent surrender. I don't, I'm not going to make you a robot. Life has no meaning if we're all just robots. The meaning comes when we make this choice. Not everybody's going to make that choice. But we have that choice. Whether or not we will surrender, it is going to be up to us to make that choice. So I want to ask you at this point in the message to look at your next steps. Backside of your connection card on the, on the left or there on your message notes, it says this. My next step today is to admit to myself and God that I am powerless without him. That I am powerless without him. The reality is I can't. I have to come to the place of going, you know, I want to, but I can't. But here's the good news. There's a second step. And the second step is this. The second step is God can. God can. I want us to look at this verse where Jesus was talking to the disciples in Matthew 16, 24, and this is what Jesus said. Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Let me tell you what that verse is. That is a verse of surrender. That's a verse of surrender. That we have to come to the place of going, I can't. Have you ever prayed that prayer? Have you ever prayed the prayer, God, I can't? Let me tell you, someday you will. Someday I think everybody prays that prayer. God, I'm, I, I can't deal with this. God, I can't face this. God, I can't handle this. God, I don't know what to do in this. God, I can't. I think we all come there eventually. It's whether or not we go to the second step, which is God can. God can. You see, it's all about that process of going, okay, am I willing to say I'm going to surrender to God? Or we chase control? I want to read you a quote, and this is actually from Alcoholics Anonymous is where this quote came from. And I want you to read what happens when we chase control. This is what we want. Every person is like an actor who wants to run the whole show, is forever trying to arrange the lights, the scenery, the rest of the cast their own way. If their arrangements would only stay put, if only people would do like they think they should, the show would be great. You see, we have to come to the place where we go, God, not my will, but yours be done. And that brings us to the last step. The last step is, I will surrender. Let me tell you, Jesus had to come to this step. I want us to look at this verse, and this verse is right 
in the Garden of Gethsemane as Jesus is about to go to the cross. He's about to take on the sins of every person who will ever live and be separated from God because of that sin. And he's going, God, do I have to really do this? You know, other religions, it's kind of interesting because it's like, oh, yeah, I'll do whatever. But he's struggling with this, which to me is kind of very real. And notice what Jesus says in this prayer in that moment. Jesus is saying this, Father, if you're willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Jesus surrendered. Not my will, but yours be done. You see, Jesus made his choice, and his choice was to surrender. So, here's what I want to do today as we finish. I want to give you an opportunity to surrender today. Here's the thing. For some of you, you've been thinking about it, and for you it's that, you know, that choice of surrendering to Jesus and following him and becoming a Christian. Lots of times people ask the question, you know, is surrender a one-time deal or an ongoing deal? Well, it has to happen that first time, but then it is an ongoing deal. It is a mindset that we have to have to surrender because here's what, why is that? It's because here's what we do. Here's what I do. God, I give you this. Let me take it back. God, I want to turn this over to you. I want to take it back. God, you do whatever you want. I want to take it back. So we have to have this ongoing surrender. So it could be that first time surrender to follow Jesus. But if you have done that surrender, let me tell you, it's an ongoing surrender. So my question to you, if you've already followed Jesus, what do you need to surrender how can you tell what it is? What are you worried about? What are you worried about? That's you trying to control things. That's you chasing control. What are you worried about? What is it you worry about all the time in your life? That's chasing control. So what is it you need to surrender today to God? You see some next steps there in your connection card about becoming a Christian and then baptism. But what I want to do as we conclude this message is to surrender. You know, I, I talked about my wedding years ago. There was a time in that ceremony, you know, weddings have a lot of things, decorations, invitations, um, you have flowers, music, all the, a lot of details. But what makes a wedding a wedding is the commitment is the vow. And I remember in that ceremony, there was a time when the pastor turned out Lynn and said, do you take this man? Now, here's what you need to know about out Lynn. I've got to say this differently than I said in the other two services. She dated lots of guys. I mean, lots of guys. I, what I remember, and since I'm the one talking, it's the right memory. Um, I remember he asked her that question and there was a long pause, a really long pause. She dated a lot of guys, but I got to tell you, they were all losers. They were all losers. And she said in the ceremony, after a long pause, yes, I do take this man to be my lawfully wedded husband, not all those other losers. At least that's how I remember it, 
Okay, I might be a little off, but that's how I remember it. Then he asked me the question, do you take this woman? And I said, real quick, yes, yes. You see, so it's about surrender. So let me ask you, will you surrender to Jesus today? I don't know what it is you need to surrender. I've kind of given you different options. But will you surrender today? Will you take Jesus to be the one in your life that you can go, it's yours, Jesus? I want to hold on to it. I want to control it. I will continually battle this taking it back. But I want to surrender today. My prayer has been that you would know right now what it is, at least something that you need to surrender. I'm going to lead us in prayer. I'm going to ask you to kind of go through that three-step process. I can't, but God can. I'm going to surrender. So let's bow our heads together, and I'm going to lead us in prayer. I'm going to ask you to surrender. And with our heads bowed, I hope you know, I hope you know what it is. So will you surrender? God, we come to you today knowing we can't. It is just the fact. We can't. We want to. We try to. Bottom line is we can't. So, God, I pray that you would help us remember and realize and trust in the fact that you can and that we can go, it's yours. It's the hardest thing, but it's the best thing. To just say, it's yours. And then, God, that we would just go, I'm going to surrender. I'm going to just surrender. God, I know in my own life, the best times in my life, the key decisions in my life came from those times I was willing to surrender. So, God, I pray we'd surrender today, that each person would know what you have for them and that they would be willing to surrender God, we can trust you, but we have to decide if we will surrender. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus, who came to his own point of surrender, who had to say, not my will, but your will be done. It's in his name we pray all these things. Thanks for listening. For more information about Crestview, check us out at crestview.church.